Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brett Davis Podcast. Uh, of course, I'm Brett Davis and coming to you from beautiful Attorney King Studio in Coronado. I'm very honored today to have a best-selling author. Uh, there's so many accolades, uh, Greg Reed. It's just amazing. Let me go on. Uh, speaker, filmmaker, father, um, renaissance man. I mean, I don't know where to go. I mean, almost, gosh, if you add up all your multimedia, you probably have over over millions of followers, right? About how many millions do you think? By the way, we probably also have the same haircut. You're just hiding it. So. Well, I was going to tell you, we look very similar. We have a lot in common. We could be brothers from another mother. Are you, know? you are you in Coronado, San Diego, down the street? I am. Oh, that's cool. I'm up in Carlsbad. West Coast. Well, I, love, I love I love Carlsbad. We're going to be doing our, we're going to be having a newspaper over there. Amazing. Well, when you get up this way, make sure you come in and we'll shoot some pool. Really? Yeah. No, uh, you sound like a shark. Well, yeah, don't consider it a whooping, but more of a lesson, right? <laughs> Your favorite, he said, my favorite movie is The Sting, mm. right? Yeah. Or uh, The Color of Money. Money. Money won is twice as sweet as money earned. It's funny you say that. I have something called the money tree. When you walk into the house that I say, feed the tree. It means that so-and-so comes in, it's like, Put a, let's go shoot a couple games of pool just for fun. You know what? It sounds like good therapy, too. Ah, there you go. Plus, you you know, I believe that you learn about someone really quick because how they play games is how they play life. So oh, yeah. if they'll cut a corner or cheat or complain or not pay their, their bet, you can tell exactly who they are as a character. So how I can get them engaged as fast as possible. Very interesting. And you know, you're absolutely right. I do that with um, with a lot of other, other, other sports too because um, I trained people for years. I used to train SEALs military and uh, law enforcement company, you know, just to get people through the academies. I was more the mental coach to get them through. And you could always find out a little bit about how they perform, like you said. And, and with pool, what a simpler way to do it. <laughs> exactly. And then right? you, there and the they- <laughs> you start throwing cornhole and all these different things, uh, things open up. And again, the true self reveals itself because there's this quote. It says, you learn more about someone's character on their bad moments than all their good times put together. Very interesting. Well, I'm very honored because I, uh, you know, it's serendipitous, like you said earlier, um, this book, one of your books, Success and Something Greater, and then you held up the, the other one that, oh, let me see that other one real quick that you held up there. Oh, uh, there's here's some good one. This one's three feet from gold. Yeah, I've got yeah. that one too. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. And then we did uh, Thoughts Are Things with Bob Proctor. It was about how our thoughts become reality. But let's talk about this one. I, I since you had it. Uh, it's kind of interesting because this book, 
uh, is very powerful. It's the last one that Napoleon Hill was supposed to author before he passed away and never got a chance to. So the Napoleon Hill Foundation gave Sharon Lecter and I the opportunity to do it, where we interviewed amazing human beings to find out how you know their success formula of the simple little actionable steps that they did to take them from where they were to where they wanted to go. Well, you know, uh, things don't happen by accident, I don't believe. Uh, I think everybody's put in the right place at the right time. I do think you, you can have decisions you can make. But um, let's, let's, go, let's go back a little further. So where, did you, where were you born? Uh, I was born in a really rough part of the country called Del Mar, California on the beach. I'm sorry. It was, it was hard. Listen to me. One, I was in a street gang called the Del Mar Posse. At night, we'd break into BMWs and detail them. We're a real tough group. Gosh. <laughs> and then what would you do with the the, uh, the thoroughbred horses? Oh, my God. Yeah one, <laughs> yeah. one time I bet on the wrong horse. Oh, I mean, you, you, you were living instead of living in the convention center. You were living out of the, um, the uh, <laughs> racetrack. I'm sorry. It's, people don't understand the, the pain that we suffer. It's so funny because in our generation, you know, our parents' generation, I know it's completely different, but ours, look, this last year was pretty brutal, yet that's been the first real struggle that I've ever had, you know, growing up in my life. So we've been very, very fortunate. And my son, who's only eight, nine years old, you know, he has no idea what it is. All he knows is, you know, the life that he lives right now, but he's pretty brilliant. Well, I think I think uh, the apple doesn't fall uh, fall far from the tree, of course, and I think leadership starts uh, at home. Uh, so tell me, so you start in Del Mar. Did you even realize when you were in high school that you'd be going into this area? Oh gosh, no. In fact, I'm the least likely guy to do what I do. I'm a pill. I want flat out. I can't spell. I can't read very well. I'm dyslexic. Play me words with friends. You win every single time. Yet I've been publishing a hundred and some odd books, 45 languages, and have a star on the walk of fame for writing books. And the key was you work your strengths and you hire your weaknesses. So mm. I'm, a, I'm a good communicator, right? I, I, I can tell a great story. So then I have amazing ghostwriters that take my message and craft them in a way that people would want to read it. The same thing in my home. If you came in and if I decorated it, everything would be brown. So <laughs> bringing people that are experts to bring color and life. You're so funny. That's, that might be another title for another book, How I Was Dyslexic and Sold Hundreds of Millions of Books. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Trust me. A lot of times people come up and I go, look, I have written more books than I've read. And it's a really interesting phenomenon. Uh, because again, I get access to amazing human beings. They'd be able to tell their stories in books and film. And that's what we do. And what's really, really neat is this last one. I, I just did a movie. I don't know if you're aware of it. It's called Wish Man. It's on Netflix now. I was interviewing a guy named Frank Shankwitz, founder of Make-A-Wish. And I asked him what his wish was. And he goes, I just want my story to be told. So my grandkids know I did something. So he signed over his life rights and it took six years Wow. Last year, we made the final ballad for the Oscars. We didn't get the nomination, but we made the ballad for the Oscars, and we're trending worldwide on Netflix called Wish Man. And the message is that everyone can be a hero. You don't need to be a billionaire or a celebrity. You can give a pair of socks to a homeless guy. You can stop a bully from fighting. Everyone can do something to have a ripple effect. Yeah, it's like the stone in the water. Yeah. Very, very good. So you've done all these wonderful things, and you have this, this, this wonderful son. What's his name? Colt, Colt Asher Reed. This guy's brilliant. I got to tell you, it's cool. Last year when he was a kid, he was seven, he had the number one album on Amazon, <laughs> by the way, for spoken word where he does a mantra. 
He says, my name's Colt. I'm happy. I'm powerful. I'm brave. I'm wise. I'm worthy. I'm successful. I help people. And then my buddy put hip hop music to it and it took off. And now he has his own Spotify channel and he's going to be nine. I think coming up where he, now he's a seasoned veteran. Go figure. Right. I, I'm, I'm speechless and I'm, I'm in radio and I have a podcast. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, what's really, really cool is that I learned a very powerful lesson. And especially in our generation where I was doing a podcast and someone asked me a question and this changed everything. My paradigm with my kid and said, you give them allowance for doing things they don't like, like, you know, pulling the weeds and making the bed. I go, yeah, he's got to learn to make his money. And, you know, duh. and they said, that's a shame. And I go, why? And they go, you're training your child at the earliest age. The only way to make money is to do something they don't like. Ooh. Boom. And so I sat my son down again when he was seven. I said, Colt, what are you good at? And he made these really cool TikTok memes and videos. And I go, from now on, start doing my stuff from my social media. And I'll pay you your allowance for doing what you thrive at. And I go, for living in this estate, how about we'll call it contribution and you water the plants and do this stuff. And he said, deal. So we changed the whole way we look at it and his whole mannerism started changing right there. Wow. I mean, I, you're uh, you have a lot of energy and you have a lot of uh, great stories. I mean, I'm uh, very rarely, I've interviewed some very interesting people. I've never heard anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. When I did my first book, when you go back to doing it, it was called The Millionaire Mentor. Uh, I was turned down by 268 publishers, agents, and printers in a row. Because again, I, I was stunk. I couldn't read, write, spell. And then finally, the 269th one said, we'll do it. Just change the title, beginning, middle, and end. And we did. And it went on to become a global phenomenon. But check this out. This one quote from this book was shared 37 million times times. And I guarantee you've seen this before. You just didn't know it came from this. It says a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. A goal broken down becomes a plan. A plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. It's a you know internet meme all over the world. And it's so interesting because if I would have let the 50 people tell me no and listen to it, I wouldn't have gone on to inspire more people. And how many times we let another person or themselves talk them out of what they know to be true. Sure. It happens in school and college all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because people really don't know you. That's right. And yeah. never the person set your limitations. You're a mind guy. You get it, right? I mean, the whole I, idea is. I, I can tell you all kinds of stories where I had people in my life early on that, that I was going in a direction and they, you know, I believe also your things happen for a reason too. Serendipity. I can better, yeah. Serendipity. And I, and I can better understand what you just said because of what I've gone through, but isn't it nice I think it was Dennis Waitley uh, that said um, the, the new generation. What was it? How did he say it, Sarah? Can you come into the conversation? No. What did he, how, how was it said? How did Dennis say it about, about learning the new generation, how they learn? They learn. They don't want to learn. Um, they want to learn through trial and error. And if somebody could teach them kind of like you're doing with your, with your coaching and your books, why, why would you want to go through all that if you could save all that time? Like, exactly. look, at your, look at your son. We, we call it paying the dummy tax. I paid the dummy tax. I already paying the dummy tax. Yeah, that, that, that didn't go. And Dennis Whaley is, is my hero. When I was 18 years old, he was the first speaker I ever saw. And I sat in the front row, mesmerized, going like, 
one day if I could do that. And then the first time I ever did a speaking engagement, I invited him to come and he sat in the front row and was looking up at me. And I go, oh, wow. like one of those Simba moments, right? You know, wow. of life. It, it was it, it was pretty fascinating. So in the same thing with Brian Tracy and, and all the cast of characters that live here in beautiful San Diego. But I'm inspired to tell a story, if you don't mind. Can I do it? Absolutely. You've got me pumped up. I feel like I've had three cups of coffee. All right. On. So, <laughs> you know, people have been asking, you know, some of the takeaways and ahas from some of the books we did. And I did this one called Stickability. It's about the power to persevere. And I remember I was sitting down with Steve Wozniak, the guy who created Apple yeah. for Jobs. And I said, how did you guys do it? And he says, we embraced our lack. He goes, most people run from it. We ran toward it. He goes, when microchip processors came out, they were so expensive, we could only afford one. Jobs sold his car. I sold my calculator. We bought one chip. He goes, but Hewlett Packard would make machines that go from A to B with 20 chips. They had all the money of God. So I'd pull away five, get to work with 15. Pull away five, get to work with 10. Eventually, we went from A to B using our one chip. He goes, we were not trying to be innovative or cool or aerodynamic. We could afford one chip. But by embracing that as an opportunity, we found the shortest, cleanest path. And by doing that, we changed the way people do personal computing forever. He goes, where could you be right now in your own business? If you stop looking at something as your greatest challenge and obstacle, but it could just be the greatest blessing and opportunity in disguise. It's kind of like learning uh, that failure is a bad thing. In reality, it's probably not. Correct. And it, what is failure? I mean, it, uh, basically success is going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Whereas you can right. stay positive and have PMA, positive mental attitude, amazing things start coming our way. One guy I sat down with, Marty Cooper, who's here in San Diego, you might in Solana Beach, he invented this, the cell phone. And it was really interesting, you know, in Motorola back in the day. And I said, what does stickability mean to you? And he said, it has to be parallel with flexibility. He says, you got to be willing to adapt and adjust. And he told a story about a spider monkey in the rainforest who's too quick and nimble. They can't catch it. But they took a heavy log, drilled a tiny hole, dropped the peanut inside and left at the base of the jungle. The monkey came down, grabbed the hold of the nut, and his fist becomes so big he can't pull it back out. All he's got to do is let go, but he thinks that nut is nutrition. It's saving him. So he holds on with dear life. The hunter comes by an hour later captures the elusive spider monkey. The moral is though, right now, could we be holding on to our own nut? But it could be in the form of that car or a deal or fear or a house. And what we're holding on with dear life, like the monkey you know, thought that it was saving him, could also be the thing that's leading to our own demise. Sometimes we have to have the courage to simply let go and adapt and adjust so we can live to fight another day. How long did it take you to learn these strategies? Um, did you learn them through various teachings, education? I mean, because um, they're very no-nonsense and they cut to the chase. Well, I'm not that smart. So <laughs> I get smart enough to know, though. Yeah. Like, so I get to read. So for people who are new to me, look, my full-time job, especially when things are opening up again, is I travel the world to meet the most powerful and influential people. And then I tell their stories in books and film. Not a bad racket for a guy who got a D in English, right? So the whole idea is, again, you work your strengths and hire weaknesses. And the same note, I'm just a student. So as I'm learning it, I'm just one step ahead. I'm sharing what I just discovered with the next person behind me. That's it. I'm not a guru. I'm not an expert. I'm just a regular dude going through the process. And by doing that, I love to be able to share my latest aha because it had an impact in my life as well. Do you surf at all? You know, I'm a ho dad. 
So now I, I, I'm born and raised along the beach, live up here in Carlsbad. I, I, I don't like to be cold and wet, go figure. But I go maybe, to the beach at least three times a week. Maybe if we were in Hawaii, the water was warmer, maybe that would have been different, right? Maybe a little bit. You're, but you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. We, got, we have cold water here. Hey, we do, but I skateboard every day. I'm 57 and every single day I still skateboard. You know, I think it's phenomenal everything you're doing. Um, you work with kids also. I mean, kids are dear to your heart. Tell me about the mentorship stuff that you do. Well, that's why I did the first book called The Millionaire Mentor. It's not that I mentor millionaires. I work with inner city gang kids in San Diego. I happen to be successful. So I drive up in a new car. The kids would say, here comes my millionaire mentor. Became a badge of honor where the president of the United States wrote a letter of commendation that changed my life and my community. And I realized it's back to that passing the torch. It's again, being a good student and then passing the information to the next generation so they can pass it to their you know, sphere of influence. And it's very, very important to make sure that we're getting the right information in the right order. And a lot of kids grew up without positive male role models because of the divorce rate. And if we can have that small little ripple effect like we we're talking about, what a cool legacy to leave behind. Right now, um, I was a, I, I was um, approached by one of the chiefs, chief of police in San Diego about a school. And I won't mention the name now because we're still working on stuff where almost close to 50% of the kids that go to school are living out of their cars, their families. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a phenomenon. It is so interesting to live in the dichotomy of San Diego, because again, I, you know, I meet people from just 10 miles east from the ocean and they've never been to the snow. They've never been to the beach. They've never played tennis. They only know, all we know is all we know. So mm -hmm. even with our own fishbowl, it's mesmerizing to uh, see the differences. So again, I like to go meet people from everywhere because everyone we meet will know something we don't know. Yeah. So we should be talking to everybody all the time. I, I'm also inspired to tell you a little story here. I don't know why, but I did this book called Wealth Made Easy. And this is the biggest aha. I interview people worth hundred million to billion dollars from Mr. Lamborghini to the founder of whatever. And I kept finding out what the differences that successful people do. There's one nugget that I'm about to share right now that changed my life. If anyone watching this, this if you write notes, this would be it. It's called CPC. CPC. It's an acronym. It's about accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. Brett will tell you, it's your fault. So it works like this. CPC is clues, C. P is patterns, C is choice. I'm a single guy. If I go out on a first date, the woman happens to be 20 minutes late, anything could have happened, but there's a little red flag, it's a clue. But if I continue to date her for the eighth, 10th, 20th date, and every time she's 20 minutes late, that forms a P, which is a pattern. Now it's my C choice, whether I deal with it, yell at her, break up, but it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people to fit in your own little paradigm box. But we'll see someone with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. You do business thinking it'll be different. Things go wrong and you're mad at the person. You saw the clue. You saw the pattern. You made the choice. It's like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You go to pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Back, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, but looking back, rarely are we angry at relationships that failed or business negotiations that fell through. We're just mad that we stayed in too long because we saw the clue, we saw the pattern, but we made our choices late. It's interesting. I've heard that more people spend more time researching the interest that they're going to pay on their cars or their 
homes before they research the individuals or think about the individuals that they're going to end up with. Yeah. Isn't it wild? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, and, but again, take accountability and responsibility. Look, everything around people come up and they say, Hey, I can tell everything I need to know about you by looking at your friends. I say, I can tell everything I need to know about you by the circumstances which you're in. If you sit there and say, I want a Lamborghini, but don't have a Lamborghini, it just means you didn't want a Lamborghini bad enough. <laughs> if you just say you want to be in a relationship, not, it just means you're not willing to get on the websites or do what you have to do. So your actionable steps of where we are, we are exactly where we choose to be. Wow. That's a very valuable piece of information. And you're absolutely right. Um, working with people that were, uh, were trying to go into certain areas of business or military or law enforcement or any professional athletes. Um, I've had some that just wouldn't accept responsibility. Yeah. Or that, and have that timeline and already already knew off the, off the bat that they were going to be problems. And so it didn't work out. I let them go, but um, not too many of those, but the point is I, I love what you're doing. Um, man, so much. I can't believe we live in San Diego and we've never met. We know a lot of the same people. I love your theories. I love your, your, I mean, what an amazing, uh, there's so much we can do still to help so many people, especially now, now coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. And we got to start looking at what's coming next. I believe a tsunami of success is coming our way. And if you're not preparing for it, shame on you. So right. a quarterback never throws a football where a wide receiver standing, they throw it downfield and let him run to it. Well, guess what? You better start chucking some Hail Marys right now because things are about to open up. And if you took all your business from in-person to online and now you have to restart now because things are about to open up and you got to be prepared for that. Look, a year ago, no one heard of an NFT. No one heard of, you know, Bitcoin wasn't where it is now. Look how things have changed in just one year. And the whole thing is certain people are prepared for that. It's the same thing as using common sense investing. And by the way, this is not financial advice. I'm just giving common sense wisdom. If we, you know, when things shut down a year ago and your favorite coffee house, their stock went in half because no one could go to the you know, they're all closed down. Well, guess what? You might want to start investing in that because it's about to open up and then you want to be on that side of it. You don't have to be a genius or a rocket scientist to have common sense. So what we want to do is start looking what's coming next and prepare ourselves so we can meet it when it actually comes our way. Do you have any workshops coming up? I mean, because you've had to pivot and, and adapt to what's going on. I know you've probably been doing a lot of uh, online stuff, probably live yeah, no, I, I didn't do the online stuff too much because everyone was doing it. Again, I watch the masses and I go the other way. I know it sounds strange. That's it. So I've been preparing for live events. So in San Diego here in late uh, July, I'll be doing a, a mastermind at my house called Prosperity Camp. I've got everyone from the founder of the E Entertainment Network to the guy who's uh, the cover of the Green Beret of uh, Call of Duty on the game all the way down to the founder of Pictionary coming to the house to hang out, to mastermind with us. And in September, we're doing Secret Knock again, thank goodness, um, here in San Diego to a live audience. And we're bringing in people that would just blow your mind. I'm, I'm blown away by everything. I'm excited. Uh, what's a good uh, website or information that our listeners can go to to get more of that? Well, if you want to learn about Secret Knock, just go to Secret knock.co we left the m off so no one could find us and yet we still made forbes inc entrepreneurs top business event uh for business leaders and the way we do it is we're the greatest event you cannot attend until you go and you're invited you're invited go apply 
and make sure it's a good fit. And then once you come in and you pay your tuition, we will not tell you where it is or who will be there. <laughs> it's a secret. And then right before the event, we leak the location to our members so you can go. And that reason is last time when President Vicente Fox came, he didn't want secret service so everyone could come hang out. We did a private Skype with Edward Snowden while I was hiding in Russia. Wow. And Mr. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's like Edward the, Snowden? Yeah. Uh, Edward wow. Snowden, man. And Unbelievable. The, the idea is, again, is how do you get access? So many people sit there and say, oh, it's easy for you. You got access. So I take away that excuse and say, all right, well, here you go. Here's all my friends. Here's a velvet rope. Go to the front of the line. You have no excuse. But so many people sit on a bad case of the one size. That means I'll take action once I get the big break. Once I, well, here it is. You have no more stories. You have no more excuses. For those of you who are tired this past year and you're ready to go cannibal, come to Secret Knock. Come play. That's so great. Uh, any new books in the works? I always have five books coming out each and every year, which is pretty phenomenal. Uh, five new books coming out in a year? Every year. Every year I do f at least five books, yeah. So, again. You, how do you, I mean, do you sleep? <laughs> well, I don't write them. I have these. My yeah, but still. Yeah, my ghostwriters are incredible. They take my stories. It's so funny. I'll sit there and say, here's the idea of my my book. A boy has entrepreneurial spirit, gets off his ass, he goes with mows lawns, makes money, buys a bike. And then it comes back to me and says, it was a glorious Sunday afternoon when a young bright-eyed lad caught the entrepreneurial dream as he went outside. So they work their strengths um, and I hire my weaknesses. You hire your weaknesses. I never work my weaknesses. I work my strengths and I hire my weaknesses. I, so the whole thing is, I don't, yeah, I don't do my taxes. I don't do my thing. I hire these amazing people that play at something that I would work at. And so I'm focusing on my strengths at all to I'll build and grow my business. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, everything you said, um, I talked to Michael Jordan one time. I, I asked him, I said, what makes you great? He says, I find the best people that are better at what they do than I do. Yep. I do everything they tell me to do. And I work three times as hard at what I like to do. And that's what makes me great. Exactly. And, and you'll find that same theme with the founders of, you know, Remax Real Estate down to Chick-fil-A down to th that's that's the theme. Uh, you work your strengths and you hire your weaknesses. That is the secret of all. And also surround yourself with people that are getting the results you want. When I went to Spain to go running with the bulls, well, you actually run from the bulls. I just <laughs> the guy who wrote the definitive book and said, hey, man, where do I go stand where I don't get killed, but I have the best time? He goes, oh, that's easy. Go around this corner, stand right here. The bulls go one side, this thing. That's where I went. When I went to Africa and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, I didn't ask some dope smoking surfer here to take me to the roof of Africa. I found the Sherpa that I climbed it 900 times. Wherever they put their boot print, I just put my boot print. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? Surround yourself with people that are doing what you want. You can do it too. Kilimanjaro. Yeah, Kilimanjaro. That was a trip. Uh, and then did the safari, all that good stuff. Yeah, when I was a kid, 17 uh, in Del Mar, I had a bucket list of 80 insane items. And last year I crossed the last one off and it was really cool. Everything from carrying the torch for the Olympics down to, you know, Baja 500 swimming with sharks to all these crazy adventures. And when it's done, people kept saying, are you going <clears> to <throat> do another list? I said, no, I sat my son down and said, what do you want? And he started his list. And so I've been helping him cross those off. And I got to tell you, it's more enjoyable seeing him live that dream than any of the things that I've done. How many, uh, number how many uh, did he have on his list 
so far he's only got seven, but we've already done four. So it's <laughs> you know. interesting. So he picked he picked a shorter amount of a uh, shorter number. You picked a bigger number. Of course, he's younger. Yeah, and all he all he knows is all he knows, right? right. So he wanted to be a DJ. So I brought in all the DJ equipment and threw a big party with all these kids that he could DJ and have all the music. That's and the, phenomenal, right? He wanted to fly a plane. So a buddy of mine um, out in Hawaii, we rented a, a private plane with an instructor where he got to literally fly a plane from Oahu to Kauai, you know, up in the air and get his first little training thing and the whole bit. I mean, so he's got these goals and dreams and crossing them off. So Greg, I got to ask you, I mean, there's so many, so much varieties of things that you've done. Where does your passion come from for all this? How come you love it so much? Yeah, It's the next thing because, you know, it's, it's anticlimactic when you write that cross that last thing off your bucket list, right? It's, 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 it's interesting. So it's like, what, what could be possibly next? And so right now I'm going into television. So after doing the movies and the speaking and the events and the things and track, you know, crossing all these off television's the last frontier for me. So I just did a TV pilot that we're, uh, we shot and we're shopping now. I'm shooting another one in the month. And I think I want to go into more mass media because if I did another hundred books and impact another million people, that's awesome. On the same note, one quality, you know, motion picture or one quality TV show can go impact the lives of tens of millions instantaneously. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I hope that uh, everybody out there got something out of this. Uh, I know, I know I did. I mean, I, I knew this was going to be a great interview, but I, I got to tell you, this was just amazing. I mean, wow. I'm just, that doesn't happen too often. I love everything you're doing. I love everything you had to say. Um, there's so many good things you're bringing to the world. And there are a lot of opportunities right now. And people need to take advantage of the gold nuggets that are all around them. Yeah. And start looking at what's coming next. Look, if the collaboration is key, if you have a pizza parlor and a strip mall and you hate the guy in the corner who's a liquor store and you guys have been feuding for years for parking space, come in the middle of the parking lot and say, here, let's, let's collaborate. Every time someone comes in and they get a you know fancy bottle of wine, give them a gift certificate for half off my pizza. When I deliver pizza, I'll give them a gift certificate for half off the cake. All of a sudden, how can people start thinking differently, right? And so that's how my friends and I think. We're always looking at ways to make things better and how we can grow exponentially. And I want to end with this one story. I don't know why I'm being led to tell you, but it was one of my favorite interviews because you're talking about sports. Evander Holyfield, the yeah. boxing legend. Uh, he's one of the greatest interviews I ever did because I didn't see it coming. And I said, how did you win so many heavyweight championships? And he said, I have a higher standard. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, in sports, I showed up early. I left late. I invented exercises at a higher standard and I won more championships. He goes, where could you be in your own business if you raised your standard? I said, but didn't it hurt being in a fight? He says, yeah, but when you're in a fight, you don't focus on the pain. You don't focus on the blows. As soon as you focus on the pain, you end up on your back knocked out. But that's what people do outside the ring. They focus on gas prices, war, economy. And then they wonder why they never become a champion. And he pulled me in tight. An Adonis of a man missing half an ear bitten off by Tyson. He says, you know what the funny thing is? He says, when you do win the championship, he says, everyone comes to their feet and they chant your name. They raise your hand in victory and they put a big shiny belt around your waist. He said, at that moment and at that second, you don't feel even one of the punches you took along the journey. But the guy in the losing locker room will have every bruise and every excuse for the rest of their life, wishing 
they had a higher standard. You gave me uh, chills in the back of my neck, the hair, whatever, a little hair I have back there around my head. Uh, I got chills from that. I totally get what you're saying. Wow. Thanks for having me on today. I really, truly appreciate it. And I, I appreciate you. I look forward to shooting you some pool and uh, feeding the money tree. I look forward to talking to you and seeing how much I can learn because I, I, I'm a student. I would love to learn from you. Oh, come hang out. The door truly is open until we meet each other face to face. Keep smiling. Take care, Greg. Bye. Awesome. Good job. Gregory, 